Now entering Nerdist.com. It's the Nerdist Writers Panel on the Nerdist Podcast Channel. Ben Blacker talking writing with writers. Writers talking writing can get pretty exciting. The talk can be lightning. It's very, very frightening. Ben Blacker talking writing with writers. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to our Year in Review podcast. Thanks for being here. Thanks, I can't. I can't hear me. Hang on a second. I hear you a lot. Do you? You can turn you down. Do you know what number Josh is? What? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh. I can't watch all of you at once. I thought you were saying, hang on one minute. Don't bug me. All right. Now our level's good? I feel better. Okay. Oh, now I can't. I, yeah. This all stays in. No. Um... <laughs> All right, welcome again to our Year in Review podcast. Uh, thank you guys for being here. I've asked back some of our old favorites. Um, we are thrilled to have them back. To my right, Andrew Miller. Hello. Josh Friedman. Hello. And Catherine Humphreys. Hi. Whom we haven't seen in quite some time. It's been a while. Have you been well? I have been very well. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. I've worked on 17 shows since then. Oh, we'll get into it. Um, in just the past year, too. Yeah. Which is pretty impressive. Um but we last talked to Josh and Andrew during our uh, sad sack uh, staffing season wrap-up, at which time Andrew's show was canceled and Josh's show wasn't picked up. Hi, guys. Hey. <laughs> How have you been since, what was that, like, May? Yeah. I'm, I'm sure it was May. It may, June. <laughs> uh, but, but think you guys it are, always is. You look in good spirits. You seem well. Uh, things have been good these past six months, it seems. <laughs> no, Go, nothing's not been canceled. canceled. Yeah. Nothing's been canceled. Yeah. Um, I haven't been fired. What, what, Andrew? What have you been doing uh, for these past six months? It, it, it honestly feels like two years to me. But uh, <laughs> I've been pitching my little heart out, mm-hmm. and now in developing, and now writing pilots. That's great. And yeah. you, you sold a couple of pilots, right? Yeah. Two. Can you talk about them at all? I, I think so. Yeah. Um, uh, I sold one to uh, Fox with 20th about uh, the world of Texas rodeo and ranching and one to ABC through ABC Studios that's uh, more of a fantasy genre show mm-hmm. about a, a normal family that gets thrust into the world of the fantasy novels they all love. Really fun. Um, did you have to go and pitch these shows? And did you ha- do you have a deal somewhere? I forget what your story is. I had a, a, like a loser deal at 20th <laughs> in that – not a fancy deal, but a, like a, a blind script deal. Um, okay. And uh, uh, so I, I, I pitched through them and then, and then was trying to pick up another show on the side and, and was able to do this ABC thing. Okay. And you have, you have collaborators on the, the second show, right? Am I making that up? No, I mean in this collaborators in no one's helping like me this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> um, is it an original idea? It, no, I, oh, I see what you're saying. Yes, it's it comes from the idea itself comes from James Fry's company, oh, okay. Full Fathom Five, and uh, it's also the name of his super team. <laughs> <laughs> so there's I've only met one of the five, so it's. Or two. <laughs> Uh, so it's them, and then Amblin, and ABC Studios, and ABC. Oh wow! So there are a lot of hands in it. Yeah, a lot, a lot of voices I don't know on the phone calls. Oh, interesting. Um, so how? Uh, first, tell us about the pitching process for either of these shows. 
the the first show through 20th was an idea that I had in a world that we had talked about mm-hmm. with them and with Fox. And I had a certain amount of time to put it together and I thought about it before and it had been something I was interested in and put together, you know, a pretty nice pitch. The next one was, a, you know, happened in two minutes where they said, oh, wow. they we have this idea, we're looking for writers, you have a take this afternoon essentially and and then i had to come up with stuff really quickly and then take it in and oh wow that that was much more rushed and ultimately pitched to abc studios and abc at the same time in a big you know it felt like a one-man play and what do you think worked about these pitches um because pitching is miserable it's really difficult it's you know a moving target i feel anyway um but you know you you've successfully pitched material and, and, you know, successfully pitched these two shows. What Did you do something differently or did you pitch the way you always pitch? What was it about these that you think worked? I, I think I pitched them the same way. The, the real answer to that is there was a third project that I pitched that didn't sell, that I loved, that I can't to this day understand why no one bought it. Uh, and that's the one I don't understand. I don't understand why that one didn't go hmm. more than why these ones did go. My process is the same in all of them, it's really long and arduous and a pain in the ass. But I think the ideas were all strong in, in these, and the worlds were exciting to them, and they were different from what they had. Uh, so I think there was a lot going for it in, in each of these cases. But I also thought that of the third one that no one likes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is always the case. Um, Josh, when we last talked, uh, you, were, you were pitching uh, as well. And you had a couple of properties that you were looking to yeah. work on, uh, but I don't think those are the things you wound up selling. No, that wasn't things. I, so <laughs> I I I went out with something that I was pretty darn sure was going to sell. It was a big sci-fi book, like a. I mean, I can say what it is. I don't yeah. care. I'm, was, I uh, think you have. I think I said it. I think I said it at the Golden Handcuffs of 2012 <laughs> uh, podcast. Um, <laughs> Right, it was Kim Stanley Robinson's Red Mars trilogy, and I had Kale Ann Hurd was attached, uh, and we thought, awesome. you know, that was pretty good, and um, didn't sell it. Uh, I don't know. It was, and it was literally like the week before Curiosity landed on the on. It was <laughs> things could not have lined up better. I had the whole news tag <laughs> thing, you know. I, I could actually talk about what was happening, and everyone was like it. And, and I, I would get back things were like it's so sci-fi. I went. No, it's actually it's just sci. There's no fi in it at all. Like people are going to land on the moon, on the Mars, and they're going to live there someday. It's going to happen, you know, probably before this show gets on the air. Um, I'm curious about. Let me before you go on yeah. about pitching something like that, which you know is kind of broad in scope, and uh, you know you're tackling a, a big story uh, or even yeah. several big stories. Um, what do you go in with? Like, what do you present on something like that? A lot. I mean, it was a, really? it was a big pitch. It was a big pitch. But I mean, really, that one was, you know, here are these characters, you know, they're and uh, really for me, it was about kind of like drawing the characters as specifically as I could and trying to draw like because I, I was selling it much more as a drama than anything else, which was this is going to be this colony and we're going to live with these people on this planet. And obviously, this is the most dangerous place anyone will have ever you know, set a soap opera essentially, you know, and, and then, and then try to do, um, you know, I was, it's a lot of triangles. I mean, not just romantic, but you know, power. And and the book is that way too. I mean, the book is set up very much kind of like people end up becoming the faces for a particular kind of, 
either scientific or philosophical or religious or economic interests. And, and, and so it's naturally – it sort of sets up naturally as kind of a broad drama slash soap opera. So I spent a lot of time on that, you know, and, and not – I didn't even – I tried not to even hit the Mars stuff too hard, you know, except for like some of the fun – the fun things, the you know, things. the gettable things, and and I, you know, and I had a whole mm-hmm. pilot episode. You know, you have everything. I had a pilot episode. I had the arc for the first season. I had the arcs for, you know, I mean, I had three books. I had, I had a lot of stuff figured out. And people just, um, they looked at me blankly. I mean, it was not, uh, and 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 an amazing given that what I ended up selling was also was was actually science fiction. You know, oh, really? as, yeah. So it's, um. I read an article uh, today where a guy said it'll be Mars will be colonized by 2032. Yeah. Like that was his number. I don't yeah. even know how 32 yeah. am, but he was like, well, the problem the biggest issue is we need 8 years to teach people how to survive, yeah. but that's the obstacle. And they'll still watch TV, they'll do totally normal thing and I It's an engineering problem. Yeah, yeah. It's it's an engineering problem and it's a, you know, getting them there, you know, it it's yeah, and the in the in the book they you know they spend a, in the book without that I would have done they spend like a year in Antarctica learning how to be on Mars you know mm-hmm. I mean it's and it's cool you know and and a and it's a hundred scientists I mean in the book you know and it's it's a very it, it's a very cool thing. There's just I think that literally because actually a friend of mine um, who's a friend of the show uh, who's been on the show before a, a, a very big writer with with uh, great kind of bona fides in this area. Joss Whedon. Not Joss no. Whedon. <laughs> hasn't done the show. Hasn't done the show. Um, not a friend of the show. Really <laughs> not a friend of the, an enemy of, of the show. show. An enemy of the show. <laughs> a mutant enemy of the show. Um, he, uh, he went out and tried to pitch a Mars Colony show like literally the, the week later. Like, and, and, really? and he, I had, mine had completely fucked him up. He's like, I can't go pitch my Mars thing now. Like, no, you can't because I'm first. And, and then a week later, it's like, I'm going to go pitch my Mars thing. And he didn't sell it either. And it was yeah. like they were both Mars Colony shows. And... Um, you know, whatever. I mean, and, people, and people again, I guess, don't like Mars. This is a guy with his bona fides as, as has you had are. multiple shows on and, and you would want – I would buy anything that he sold, any, anything he and, and I but think – I mean, it, maybe it goes without saying that as miserable as staffing season was, it was a tough, tough selling season too. We had started talking about that, I think, maybe mm-hmm. in the last one. I thought it was a really tough selling season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we started after the microphones were off. Oh. Because it was just starting uh, up when we yeah. talked. Yeah, um, I thought it was a tough. I, I did. I did think it was tough. I mean, I ended up um, getting lucky in that the two things that I sold, uh, the one that I'm writing, um, I'm surfing the tsunami that is Howard Gordon. Mm-hmm. So it's like uh, <laughs> I think you know Howard Gordon, Gordon did sell like the phone book. I mean, it's, yeah. it's not even. So I uh, Howard had brought me an idea, which was essentially let's do a show about robots, and I went. I, I've done a show about robots. I'm, I, I like robots. I'll, I'll do another show about robots. You know, how close can I make it to my other show about robots? You know, what are the legal parameters? Um, do I finally get to use those stories from seasons four, yeah. five, and six? Oh yes. Yeah. Oh no. Well, they all took place in the future. Those seasons, I think. But oh, spoiler alert. Um, uh, so what was the deal with with that show? Uh, Howard came to you with an idea. Howard came to me with an idea. And, and did you have to go – did you guys have to work up on that and then pitch it as well? Or yeah. was it kind yeah. of uh, eased in by the fact that he had sold nine other shows this year? Uh, no, it wasn't eased in at all. I mean really? we spent a lot of time on the pitch and the pitch was very worked out and mm-hmm. uh, in great detail and – as they all are now. I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, it certainly it, it didn't matter for that, and I I don't take that for granted. And I don't. And nor, and nor does Howard, which is probably why he's Howard. We spent a lot of time working on the pitch, and 
you know, and, and sold it. Uh, where did we sell it? NBC. And did you attack that one the same way where you, you know, you came in, you knew your characters, relationships, the pilot story, season story? All of it. Yeah. 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 I don't, I think, I mean, I'm sure there are other ways, other lesser or more ways to do it, but I don't think anyone's going to admit that. I mean, I, I think it's, it's, we're long past the kind of like, here's too long, you know, here's a log line and let's tap dance. I mean, it's just, yeah. you got to know. I mean, we had a whole, we definitely had a whole thing. But uh, the, the, the day, the morning that I pitched to ABC, I, there was a, a reprint of a Hollywood Reporter article where they had, I don't know if I told you, but they had tips from people. And the, oh, really? every single tip was something I was going against, but including <laughs> don't have a pilot story. Like, don't talk about the pilot. These are huge, really? you know, famous showrunners. Wear a suit. Don't. <laughs> From if, like 1985? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, not, but, I, but young, like young showrunners, successful friends of the show or enemies of the show. I'm not sure. Which is, or we'll double agents. <laughs> but they, double agents. But it would be like you're asking them to give you you know, millions and millions of dollars, you should have the respect to wear a suit. Okay. Then, then like, <laughs> fuck that person. No, I don't know who that person is. Don't do the pilot story. If you talk for more than 10 minutes, you're going to sell, you're going to unsell your show. Like a lot of tips. I that, am curious about that. Actually. Uh, I'm, you know, Dana Walden, I mean, and, and has a very, and she's, you know, very successful doing this stuff. And she will stare you down and say, now, Josh, when you go in and do the practice, push, how long? Cause we, you do a practice pitch for Dana Walden. I mean, and it's, it's, you know, I've set my watch and she'll be like, how long should it be? And I'll say 15 minutes. She'll say, exactly. It'll should be 15 minutes. My Mars pitch was 47, I think. Wow. And, and didn't sell. But I, and I, weirdly they thought part of it was that I over, I mean, it was never 15. It was maybe 25. And then I, my problem is that I get a little excited in the middle and I do digress uh, occasionally. <laughs> and, you know, I think of new stuff and I think like, you think you're like, Feeling the room, and maybe you're not really feeling the room. And the room is like, we're not buying this fucking Mars pitch. Why is he talking about how long the Martian day is? Still talking Still about talking it. About yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the Martian day is an hour longer. What are you going to do about that? So is this. You know. Uh, so how long were the the subsequent pitches you took in? Shorter. You know. I mean. You know. I mean. It, again, it's hard. And it's hard when there's two people. I mean, and Howard and I both talked. Howard had not pitched in ten or fifteen years. It seems. Wow. Because he's been, you know, he's on Homeland, he's on yeah. 24. He just, he literally was like, he hadn't pitched. I mean, I think that after the practice pitches, like, you know, people had to pull him as I go, dude, you can't. He's like, that's not how we do it anymore. You know, it's like, you know, but he sold five shows. So fuck everybody else. So, right. Did he wear a suit? Yeah. No, but he's very styled. No. Oh, he's styled. Oh, no. He's got a thing. Very nice shirt. Very nice guy. shirts. Very nice. No, he's. <laughs> I put on long pants. I put on sweats. <laughs> and usually ones with... As a courtesy. As a courtesy. No, as a Respect. courtesy. You know what? Actually, though, I think I did wear shorts to the, to the to NBC one. I think I, you did. Yeah. yeah. I, I you saw, saw you. Yeah. yeah. I will wear shorts, but I will wear the nice shorts. Like, I'll wear the... <laughs> I'll wear the car. They'll have Your zippers. dress shorts. Fancy. I'll wear my dress shorts. But I do, you know, most of the people I pitch to now know me and know me to be a piece of shit slob. And so if I wear pants, if I literally wear sweatpants that don't have stripes, I get, like, credit. Like Jen Salky would say, oh, socks and the, the dress sweats. Oh, he means business. He's, he's, he's here to sell. He's here to ask a, for Is it a drama idea? Yeah, he's here for the millions of dollars. <laughs> it's a drama. So it's all about yeah. setting a very low bar. The bar, the bar could not be lower. But it takes years to, to set that bar. I, I've invested, years of I, hard work. I've invested years in it. Last year I went to a casting session for the asset wearing jeans, and they took pictures of me. <laughs> That's how bar, that's how low the bar is is now. I'm nice. trying to impress Ali Larder, so <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Uh, before we move over to Catherine, just to follow up on the two pitches uh, that sold that you did, how long were those pitches, and did you wear a suit? I didn't wear a suit, I, I, and they're long. I mean, I can't, I can't help it. I, I want them to be short, but then I feel as though I really I try to be concise, but there's a lot to talk about. So if you're going to get into a pilot and you're going to get into other seasons and you're going to get into tone and you're going to get into character dynamics, even if you condense it, it's still – there's just a lot of shit to say. So it, it, I would say they're between 20 and a half an hour. Like mm-hmm. all, all told and mm-hmm. I do a little slide presentation and everything. Like it's oh, a really? whole – It's having said that – when I sold the ones that I sold, I was really happy about because I had done a lot of the work that I would have to do after mm-hmm. it's in both those cases. I didn't have to go to a, uh, I didn't have to do a story document because mm-hmm. they were like, well, he was talking about this stupid thing for half an hour. <laughs> well, so we, we have get all it. the notes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, then that seems to be the big difference between pitching. Well, are you guys looking at the, the, the slideshow? Yeah, what the we'll, fuck? We'll get to it. <laughs> okay, we'll get to it. Good. Um, but like, just just to finish that thought, you know, the difference between pitching now and a few years ago is you do all this work up front. You know, yeah. you're doing it before the pitch. You're doing these story documents. Yeah. And you're not stuff. always pitching the pilot story. I mean, I think yeah. that people would – if there's one thing that someone says to me, well, like, if you have to have the pilot story if they want to know the pilot story, but don't pitch the pilot story. Mm-hmm. You know, or, or say, look, the pilot story is generally going to be about like the Mars one. It was like mm-hmm. it's going to be about them finding water and the first murder on Mars mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. The first death, first human death on Mars. That's what it will be about. If you want to know about it, I've got yeah. 30 beats. And I think in comedy, too, you tend not to pitch the pilot story. It's much more about the characters and why the show is funny and why, is it, why it has legs. Um, slideshow? Look, the slideshow, I've got – I do, I do – there are two reasons for me to do the slideshow. For one – I love it. It's a great idea. The things I've been pitching lately have – Cast of, well, they're like 20,000 people in the cast. So when I'm going through it... It's a lot of cowboys. It's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no horses, though. They're too expensive. <laughs> Two horses Two to horses. share. <laughs> but it's easier for me. If I'm, I do it on an iPad, I flip through. It's oh, nice. kind of coordinated with the thing. So I'm like... So, you know, Josh is on the street and he sees Catherine and then I'm... They're, oh, right. Catherine's that girl. So, so that's easier. What, what? You're flipping on the iPad, but is it projected somewhere? No. So you're holding up the iPad and showing them? I'm staying. Or is it for this you? Is, is the is the slideshow for you to remember? No, this sli- for them. I have pages and pages in my hand, in one hand, and then I have the iPad. I mean, this is where it's so <laughs> low tech that sometimes it's my iPad is old, so the the stand is crappy. So if I sometimes it just falls over. So then I prop it up with the pillow. Wait, I, you're standing while you pitch? No, 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 no. Okay. But it, <laughs> But it depends on the room. If I'm in a couch room, then I have sure. to leave, put it beside me. If I'm in a table room, lately they people have been holding it for me. But I had to do this. The the, the worst was <laughs> he got an intern. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> well, people at Dreamers. But I I pitched to Steven Spielberg to do this Amblin thing, and it was you know me and him in a conference room, and I had to get his you know the big shot Amblin guys. I was like, could you? So hold Justin this and Daryl are holding their iPad. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I knew they were good for something. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> But oh, and then and then in those cases, there's a, a lot of tonal stuff, like tonal stuff, and the feel of it. And then you know, like the this this fantasy one, I was trying to get across the tone of the of like there's magic involved and wizards and stuff. But so I was trying to distinguish it between, you know, it's not Harry Potter and it's not Game of Thrones, but it's this. Mm-hmm. And you put up a picture or just like a color, like a mood ring. <laughs> <laughs> I put up a sound. Oh yeah, and sound. Uh, um, I put up. Yeah. It takes me forever to find pictures. Like I, it, it, wait, so so what? And to cast, 
pictures do you put up? Like, if you're telling the story. Drawings? <laughs> no, sketches. Sketches. Uh, a lot of nudes. Uh, if you're telling the story of here's Josh and he's walking down the street and he meets Catherine, like, are you showing actors who are would play these roles? Yes. Okay. I cast it. I, first yeah, of all, sure. I cast it. Uh, so Josh I, is I played by... A lot. And then Matthew Broderick. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. A skinny Matthew Broderick. <laughs> oh, <laughs> having seen him on the Thanksgiving parade. Oh. Um, <laughs> no, I... Well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, then I don't know who that was against th- or for. Yeah, it was against. It was, it was, um, I cast it, and then, and like I, when I pitched the beach, I was like, "This is what Bank- Bangkok looks like, Blade Runner, you know, times ten. This is what that looks like. This is the feel of it. This is what the hotel looks like." So it's kind of not storyboarded, but every once in a while, I'll say they get to a waterfall. It's the most beautiful waterfall you've ever seen. This is how it feels, and then. All right. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Well, thank I, you. I, I try. I tried using AVAs a couple years ago and completely struck out. Yeah, I, I was trying to pick pitch a sci-fi book that was really hard to conceptualize. Hence, I did. The, I tried pitching China Mayville's City in the City, which I don't know if anyone's ever read. Mm. It's a brilliant book, but it's uh, I'm not going to go into it. But it required, like, it was very difficult. It was very difficult to explain, and probably why I didn't sell it. But it's, but I literally had like photoshopped like things together that oh I was uh, <clears throat> yeah and I was like I was so sure I was going to sell it because I had done that like to me it was just like oh this is a step beyond <laughs> I've actually I've done so much work. I've actually <laughs> called a friend and asked right. him to help me photoshop this is like long pants and a sweater vest right here on my iPad <laughs> oh yeah it's, it's the equivalent of a suit yeah. it's, my, it's basically it's as close right. as I'm getting yeah but but wait the other the other reason I do it is because I feel so badly for people that have to stare at me for half an hour. And I think most of the time they're trying really hard to look interested and they're nodding. And I feel if I can point to something away from my face, it they don't have – I think they're relieved. It's like a vacation from me. I know from my wife's experience that it's just not fun to have to be locked eye. And if they're not taking notes, they got nowhere to go. So if I'm like, really look smart. at the picture of the pretty actress. And then they'll be like, huh. Oh. Oh, thank God. I'm just going to look at that, nod to her for a minute. Then I can look back to Andrew. And I feel like they like me more because they don't hate me for making me making them stare at me. That's great. That's what I bring Howard Gordon for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look at Howard. Look at Howard. He's got on a nice suit. <laughs> uh, Catherine. Yes. Where have you been? I have sold nothing. Um, I'm <laughs> but you've been staffed on a couple of shows uh, yes. in the past year. I do while you guys are pitching and selling. I'm acclimating to yet another um, staff. You're so. actually, actually <laughs> working, <laughs> working, getting yes. paid. Well, sometimes. Um, You're yeah. helping get another show off the ground. And then apparently drive it into the ground. I think I've been on five or six shows in the last five or six years and Come there's on. a there's one guy on my staff I might be overselling this I, he's been on either 10 or 12 so we're going back and forth like whose fault is it that we who killed our current show because <laughs> wow. it had to be one of us um but uh but no I mean I've been very lucky I, I I keep working um but then it's just it's just a lot of luck I mean and you guys know it's a lot of luck if a show stays on the air or not and sure um, you just try to have the best experience you can. And I mean, I'd love to move into pitching and selling and developing, but I want to also, I, I like working. I like being on a staff and that's a bit of luck too. You know, most, uh, the contracts that I can get, I can't develop in my first year of, of working and I can't. 
quite get past the first year. So, well, you know, you're only getting barely a year. Yeah. On these shows. So, um, but um, no, I mean, I've been very lucky to keep working and absolutely. Let's um, let's get into it. Uh, so you were on Ringer when last we talked. Yeah, I was on. Uh, yeah, Ringer. I think you were just about to start Ringer. When we, um, when yeah, we that's probably that's probably right. And I that was it was so great. I mean, it broke my heart because we, you know, I fellow CW like and I was down to that last day I was like no secret circles coming back secret circles coming. it's not gonna I can't believe that they went with heart of Dixie over either one of our fine not nothing against heart of Dixie I was just very surprised um but yeah I mean that was a great experience and we got a year which was awesome mm-hmm. and uh but it didn't it didn't get to come back and how how were things we had Eric and Nicole uh on the panel I think oh, that's right, right. I, I came oh, yeah, yeah I came I was cheering them on there was it was like <laughs> A small-ish panel, I think. Yeah, um, that's a good sign of a staff if you're there. To, if you come to cheer them on, yeah, yeah no, of, it's no. great. I love Eric and Nicole. Uh, it was. It's probably. I mean, probably shouldn't quantify it, but I guess it's. It's my favorite job that I had. I mean, really? I was really, really upset when it. What when made it? Went it away. What made it great? What made it work? Unlike other rooms you've been in, you know. Um, Part of it was a huge part of it was Eric and Nicole. I mean, we had this weird thing where it was Eric and Nicole, and they'd never run a show before. And it was like I think that was a good thing because they did not come in with all the assumptions. They didn't come in with. They just came in and were like, "We're hiring good people. You know, we're going to trust everyone to do their job. We're going to work our asses off." They. It was a passion project for them. I mm-hmm. think that's huge. I think. And look, I'm, we can all relate to it. at a certain point. You just want to work and you want to get stuff in the air. But like this was this was their baby. This was their chance to, you know, to, to do what they wanted to do. And then we had Pam Vizet was coming in and show running and she was show running two shows at once. And she's phenomenal. And because she was show running two shows at once, she also was invested in like, if you can do your job, do your job. So um, it was sort of we were shooting in L.A., um, which was awesome. We got to do everything, and it was it was a uh, it was an amazing small staff, amazing staff of people, um, you know. And it was just kind of like if you did your job, then you did your job. So I would write scripts. Oh, we like the script. Okay, now go produce the script. Now go be on set. Now it was just you had ownership over every part of it, and it was the stories were super fun. It was just like, and everyone's episode was slightly different. I mean, I love that so much where it was like they actually trusted the writers to bring, like, my voice is a little more like this. So, you know, so it was like you're writing the same characters, but there was no kind of, they weren't going through the script and saying, you know, everything has to conform to this. You know, they, Eric and Nicole would read a script and they'd say, this is what we like. This is what we have notes on. Work on this. And then you'd go back and you'd do that. And it was just, you know, I don't, it's. I've never been a showrunner, so I don't know what that process is. But it is unique to find um, certainly three people, and, and and I found it a little bit. I mean, I found it again this year. I, I've been very lucky with my bosses this year too. But to to find three people where they sort of all. I don't feel like anyone had an agenda other than make the best show that they could make, and that didn't have to be. It had to be the voices of the characters, and it had to be interesting and entertaining, but it didn't have to – no one was coming in there sort of saying, I have to oversee every part of this. I have to – it was it, everyone just sort of in it together. And, I mean, we had a writer's assistant that wrote three scripts because he could do it and freaking was producing his scripts. I mean, he was, like, without a showrunner there because Pam was like, oh, you can do this. So it was uh, it was amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. That is amazing. Um, as much as you were able to do your own thing on it, <clears throat> excuse me, um, 
It was also, you know, it's a soap, and it's heavily, it was heavily serialized. How was, how were the stories broken? How were episodes assigned? It was, um, I mean, we, it was funny because Pam's sort of method was just like, step up if you want to write an episode. And we were kind of like, but there's hierarchy and that's not how you do it. So the, the, the first go around was so awkward because no one wanted to run over anyone else. Sure. Um, and everyone was super nice. So, um, and there, I, w- I was on staff with someone that was the same level as me and it w- was like bending over backwards of who was going to go first. And then after that, we, we mostly just continued through the rotation. There was only, I don't like, I mean, Bob was not even technically on staff. I think maybe there was only four people on staff besides Pam and Eric and Nicole. So we just rotated through. And then breaking stories, um, Pam, I believe, sort of set the rule, which I loved, which is if it's your episode, you run the room. Um, you know, Obviously, with staff writer and writer's assistant, it was a little different, although we were had so few people that sometimes that even happened. And we just we worked really well together. You know, the start was kind of, how are you going to do this? And we, we sort of ended up settling on the kind of like, we'll break – the ABC story and then we'll kind of mush it together and everyone broke slightly differently you know I'm I'm the chick and I'm I'm the stereotypical chick in that like I would sort of call time out on my episodes and say today we're talking about the emotional story like we're not moving forward until I know the emotions and I know and the guys would kind of roll their eyes but like I got to do that because that's that's the process that works for me and when it was the guys and I would kind of say I don't understand why this character's doing what they would be like they would either say great that's a good point let's figure it out or they'd say it's my episode i figure it out in this different process and i love that. i mean you have to have writers that you you it, it, it gives um it shows how much they trusted and respected us and obviously you have to have that kind of trust and respect in writers and you have to have seasoned people to do it and with the staff writer and the writer's assistant you know we worked with them and yeah it was just it was a great experience it was it was a wonderful experience and i love being on set too that's so rare to get to do that now so to produce and be on set and because they gave us such great ownership it was like if there was a problem on set you know i knew when i needed to call them and i knew when i could make the call Hmm. um so it was it was everything that i love about tv which is that it's a writer's medium and and i don't think i'll ever get back probably the freedom that i had there until it's my show and maybe not then (laughs) we'll find out (laughs) Uh, that's that's amazing. Um, at what point did you guys know you weren't getting another season? Well, <laughs> I mean, I think um, we, we were off the air. They took us off the air for a Christmas break. Our ratings were never great, but mm-hmm. for the CW, they were... They were certainly better probably than anything's doing this year, with maybe the, the exception of Arrow. Um, which, is, yeah, it's the story every year, right? They cancel our shows, and then next year, it's like... Salmon ladder. Yeah, it's... Yeah, you needed a salmon ladder. Everyone needs a salmon ladder. Yeah, but um, they took us off the air for... Um, it was supposed to be six weeks, and that turned into nine weeks, and they didn't really advertise when we were coming back, and literally our ratings were cut in half. Hmm. So after that lasted, you know, like after a few weeks of that, I was pretty sure we weren't coming back. I mean, I think for Eric and Nicole, it was a very different, you know, again, it was their baby. I've I've been on a lot of shows that haven't lasted. Well, I mean, I haven't been on that many, but but I, I you sort of it's easier I think when it's not your show to be the sure. I think the staff we sort of read the writing on the wall and, and we kind of said, and, and but what was great was that that allowed us, I mean, it's not great, but it allowed us to sort of push for, let's try to wrap this up. Hmm. And, you know, I think when it's your baby, you're always a little resistant to do that. Um, and that's been amazing on the show I'm on this year is like we're wrapping stuff up. Um, and it's kind of, I've been really impressed with how my bosses have kind of come around to that and say, let's, let's, you know, sort of complete this chapter. Because when you're given the privilege of going to 22 or going to 13, which 
on the show I'm on now, we didn't think we were going to have. And once you're given that privilege, it's kind of like, I love the idea that you can reward the loyal viewers um, and at least give some closure. So for Ringer, we sort of wrapped up a chapter. We worked on a pitch for next year of how to, you know, we we knew where we were going to take it the next year. And Eric and Nicole went in and pitched it. I mean, they weren't told until... I found out the day that I got my next job offer that it was dead um, officially. So, you know, you never know what those things. And like I said, I honestly, I thought I thought your show was coming back for sure. Um, you, you just you can't always tell, which is why, I mean, it's good that there's hope all the way until the end. But I think, yeah, as a, someone on staff, it was a little easier for me to say, like, odds are I think this is. And it was really depressing because before Christmas, I was like we're going to be on for the next three or four years. You know, I never thought we were going to be on for 10 years, but it's, it wasn't even that kind of show. But I, with the, if the ratings had sustained, I think we would have been back. Hmm. Um, and, and what do you do just from, you know, a sort of best practices point of view? You guys on the staff have, you know, you see the writing on the wall. Do you go out and start staffing? How does it, how does it work? Yeah, I mean, I, again, I've had the experience a few times. And so, you know, my point of view and my agent's point of view is like you just staff unless you've unless someone has you know you've gotten that call the show's renewed your boss has set you down and said that you're coming back you you go out and staff and I've done that on I've done that for seasons um I mean I think the time I met you was on a show yeah. when the show that I was on did co- end up coming back but I went out and staffed um because you just you you don't know so that's always my default position I would I my dream would be to not have to do that but it's it's what I do so you you go out you staff full force again and um, my point of view is always you you try to get the jobs and then you sort it out later right. um yeah, and like I said, this past staffing season, it was a very weird experience. I was waiting to go into a meeting. I got a text right before I went in the meeting that Ringer was canceled. I came out of the meeting. I went to go drink my sorrows away. And on the way there, I got an email saying I had a job offer, <laughs> So, wow. which I'm lucky. I'm, I mean, I remember years in my career where, I mean, my first like full-on staffing s- s- season was horrible. Upfront suite came and went, and it's, you know, I've been very lucky now that I I have consistently worked, so mm-hmm. I don't begrudge that at all, but it would be nice to stick somewhere. <laughs> and and we had talked about before that it was sort of a, a tough staffing season. Did you find that you were having fewer meetings than in the past, or does it seem the same for you? I think I've been pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I the, the, the benefit of not being on a show that sticks is that I've worked – you work a lot. I mean, you work for a lot of different people. So I, what I find, and it's what I hold on to in the insanity, is that I'll meet with someone one year and the show won't get picked up or it will and, and I'm in the mix but I don't get the offer or whatever it is. And then the next year they have a new show or the same show or, and I go back and meet again. And that's sort of been the thing I hang on to is like, well, I must be doing something right and, and these people are liking me and bringing me back. And the same with the execs. So um, I have at least been fortunate that I can look back and say every year I have more meetings or, or the same mm-hmm. and every year I have more offers or the same. So at least it feels like – you know, um, but I think that comes from from just sort of working with so many people. I mean, I think I've worked for every studio and network except NBC. So, and hopefully, you're doing a good job, and they want you back. Robots. <laughs> Do you want to write some robots? robots. <laughs> uh, very interesting. And now, so so you guys are you're on Mob Doctor now, is yeah. that right? 
Um, and you have they've given you 13 episodes. Yeah, I mean, we we got to we're getting to finish our 12. Um, it was, you know, there was a couple weeks there where you'd go to and I'm sure you guys have experienced this. You go to work every day and you just think you're going to get sent home. And every time the phone rings, you're like, but they um, they've Sony stayed really committed to us and they they're letting us finish our initial order. And we're um, filming our last episode now. And like I said, you know, for anyone out there that's watching Mob Doctor, because there's like a few of you, um, it's gonna, it'll, I think it'll be a nice sort of conclusion to the story that we're telling. And who wins the mob or the doctors? <laughs> Tune in, Josh. <laughs> Season, two. Season, Season two. Season two. The lawyers. The yeah. Lawyers. The lawyers yeah. Call, call Sony and Fox and ask for a season two, and you'll find out. The Mob Doctor Lawyer sequel would be great. In Mob versus Doctors, we all lose. <laughs> That's all I have. <laughs> um, let's talk about this year. Uh, you guys are writing now, right? Yep. You're, you're working yes. on these pilots. Uh, you seem so <laughs> excited about it. I just, there are a lot of days when I go home and I think, Josh, remember, writing is not your hobby. <laughs> it's actually your job. Like, it's, 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 I mean, imagine if the mob doctor, for example, if she just... <laughs> Dicked around on the internet for half the day, and then somewhere around two, after a lot of self-loathing had filled up in her because she was working for the mob and the doctors, she she went, oh, fuck, I should, I should operate on somebody. I should go do this surgery. I should go do this surgery. And then or kill somebody. Or kill somebody. Or, or, and, and go in, and then, you know, oh, yeah. At tomorrow. Yeah, at tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, it's late. <laughs> tomorrow I'll kill two people. Tomorrow I'll kill two people and operate on three. I went to film school with Rob Wright. I love Rob. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. He's I love Rob. Rob's one of the nice guys. Yeah, he's he's great. But yeah, it's I you know yes. How let's let's yes, talk writing. Let's that's talk really you know practical and process. Like I know we we talk about that as the process of putting <laughs> yeah, it off as long as you can. How much actual work do you think you get done in a day? Oh, fuck. <laughs> if I thought that question was going to be, I'm trying to think. You know, I've said, to you, I've you. said to you before yeah. that I will say anything on these shows because I don't think anyone who employs me ever listens to them. Incorrect. Incorrect. Yeah. And and that's a question I don't think I'll answer. You know, I was actually just talking to a friend of mine today, and I, this is I'm not for four hours. Four hours. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to a friend of mine for four hours today. No, don't get lunch. off. Yeah. Don't get off the phone. Please. No, please. There must be something please, else we can talk on. about. Come on, Dad. Uh, I quit caffeine about five months ago. All right. Okay. Yeah, I know. And it's not okay. And it's not no. okay. It's not okay. And so what I used to do was I'd come in in the morning, you know, I mean, I get to work early, you know, like, I mean, I drop my kid off and I come, you know, I get some breakfast and I go to, you know, I go to work and I might dick around for a little while, but I've had like four iced tea in my previous right. existence. I've had four iced teas maybe by 10 and eventually you just have to write or, you know, jerk off. I mean, something has to happen, you know, in that next moment. And I, because I'm in an office with other people, I mean, it, most of the times I write, your options are, my options are limited. Um, but they now took that the I'm, door off. They took office. the door off. Yeah. I know. <laughs> now that I don't have caffeine, I really, I mean, I my focus can drift for a lot more time. And I'm, I am, this is the first script I've ever written not caffeinated in my entire life. Oh, my God. In my entire <laughs> life. And I, it may suck. 
But I know this, it's slow. <laughs> like it's, But your focus is le- I I feel like my focus is bad because of the caffeine that I'm too like what's over there? Ha! Ah, that, okay, <laughs> that's not here, true. Well, here's what I do. What's over there? <laughs> and it just takes me longer to find out. So, I mean, by the time I've gone through all of Twitter, like I used to go through Twitter really quickly. Like I would get through, you know, I could get through, I could get to the bottom of Twitter quickly. Now it takes me a while. So I don't, I couldn't tell you how much I write. Cause Do I you, don't. Are you able to, and, and I only ask this because of the day writing that I had today, which is I got like 25 minutes of writing done. It was the worst. And that's but, uh, bad. That's okay. okay. <laughs> just, that is miserable. Just to set that bar again. Want, yeah. <laughs> People can't see his face, so I just want to establish for everybody. Yeah. I don't We're saying that's bad. I don't generally do better, but that's bad. Okay. Um, but like I'm able to justify not the not writing. Where like, you know, I'll put a few lines down and then well it's time to go heat up lunch or whatever, and then it's time to look something up and that will send me on, you know. Uh, are you able to justify the time spent not writing? Yeah, sometimes, sometimes. I mean, I, you know, I, I used to. I mean, when I ran Sarah Connor, John Worth, um, you know, was a was a show runner for a long time and worked on all sorts of kind of you know old school guy was my kind of like keep Josh under control showrunner, you know, with me. And for a while, I drove him insane. Like I because he was like a guy. He's like the kind of guy who gets up at six in the morning and he you know fries himself up an egg and then you know he he red lines a script and an outline and then he drives to work you know and then he comes to work and then he sits down and he's like let's we're burning daylight you know and I'm like that's what daylight's for burning you know and so he used to say he's I mean we ta- we would talk and we you know we're good friends now he said you drove me crazy the first like month or so because I couldn't understand your process like you walked the halls you came up with everybody but or I was in the writer's room I mean I was in the writer's room sure. all the time because I believe that showrunners should be in the writer's room all the time um, he's like and then I realized like everyone would go home at 7 o'clock you would crack open a Diet Coke turn on the Laker game order sushi and you would write a script hmm. you know it was like but I needed like it was almost like I needed that whole I loved that like mm-hmm. I loved having right. a whole day that was I needed to do other things that I couldn't write and then when everyone left and it was, and it was like I burned through all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. I could then work for four hours and you know rewrite a script or whatever I had sure. to do. But uh, are you doing that? Are you doing that now? No, no. Now <laughs> well, it's worse. That's right. the point. Is now there's no diet coke. There's barely any sushi. <laughs> the Lakers suck, and uh, I'm on page twenty. No, I mean you know my script is normally in two weeks ago, but yeah. it's it's I'm 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 in not there. Well, but thank- you know what. I also realized it all gets done. That's true. Yeah. It all gets done. It doesn't it matter all, if it gets done at 2 a.m. It all gets done. I don't I don't panic about it. It just – it all gets done. But I hate myself. <laughs> but, Andrew? Well, but, <laughs> no, I had the same thought, though. Yeah. The, the other night I thought, okay, it's 10 o'clock. This is when last year I'd be like, whew, finally. I can get some solid work done. There's nothing else. I've, like, exhausted every distracting anything that I could think of. And now I'm going to settle. And, but I'm not. I don't, so it's yeah. it's not good. Then I well, I'll go to sleep now. Wake up fresh. Right. And then, Absolutely. I think it's like the little known secret about being on staff, and part of why I love it is you don't spend. I mean, it's, I mean, again, I've never been a showrunner, but you don't spend most of your day writing. You spend your day in the room. You spend your day producing. You spend your day. I know you guys putting out fires, and I mean, the glimpse into what you guys do. And I, my last two shows, I've each had three bosses, and it's like they're pulling their hair out, and I can't even fathom one person doing it. And then 
for you guys, you write at night, and for for us, it's like I love when I have a week to turn in a script, like because I'll write it in a week. If mm-hmm. you give me two weeks, I'll still write it in a week or a day. You know, like it's it's great having those deadlines, and it's great kind of like having. I mean, some people just like to be in a room and actually write all day. I don't know those people, and I don't trust those people. But it, for most of us, I think it's like we want to do all these other things, and and then you sit down and you write, and and you know that you have to get it in. You have a deadline. You can't screw around forever. I mean, I'm terrified of developing because they give you time to write a script, right? Ish. <laughs> I mean, I didn't get my outline approved by the network until Thanksgiving. Hmm. So, and it was over when I was Thanksgiving break and I was out of town with my family. I had notes call out of town with my family over Thanksgiving break. They're so good at that. Yeah. But it was, and the, the call was great. Like, I mean, it was one of the best calls I'd had. Thank you, NBC. And I got off the phone. I walked upstairs and said to my family, congratulations. I'm not going to be an asshole for the next four days. And I didn't, but I also knew I don't have. I make no guarantees for day five. <laughs> I have no guarantees for the Monday we get back. But during this week, because I'm also, but, but I also was like, I'm not, because I also then knew Everything was fine. Like I mm-hmm. knew that my outline was intact. I relaxed and I mm-hmm. came back and I'm like, and and so I think what happens. I mean, this is my third development season in a row. Writing a pilot, I you know made two pilots. This is the third one. I've been going nonstop, but there's you kind of the problem is sometimes like you start losing the fear factor. I think where you're like, eh, I just did this. Like it feels like yesterday. I'll get it. It'll get done, which I think can be good. I really think it's the caffeine. Like, I think if I had the 12 Diet Cokes that I usually have, I would have written three scripts by now. (laughs) As it is, I got nothing. Um, I got nothing. But to to what Catherine was saying, and I think I was going to bring this up too, there is something to being on that train that's running. You know, that you you don't have the luxury of pushing something off or not working until 10 o'clock because you have to get – the script in or you have to get the outline in or whatever. Or you work at 10 till 2 in the morning right. and then you yeah. get up again. I mean, yeah, I, I thrive off of that. I mean, TV is just a good place for me because mm-hmm. I love that. I love I love the immediacy too. I mean, I love that you write something and then you see it on the air, you know, a few weeks or a few months later. I, I really, that, yes, I will write, I will write any scripts for, for a show so much faster than I'll write any pilot or anything for myself. Or I mean, I basically because we've mostly been done for the past few weeks, and every day I go in and I'm like, I'm gonna start a pilot today, or I'm gonna surf the internet. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's so so hard. It's what every writer says, but it's so hard. But you can't do that in in TV. You can right. you can literally say, I will procrastinate as much time as I'm given. So if I have four days to write a script, I'll procrastinate for half an hour. And, you know, if I have a week, I'll procrastinate longer so it's it's uh i don't know i need the train but i think the metaphor of kind of like the muscle like it's a tra- you know it gets flabby if you don't write yeah. for a few months like and that and that happens in development i mean you spend your time mm. for me working up the idea going in and pitching getting it's like it's a process it's a months and months process and by the time you actually are like okay now go write the script you're like i'm a little over the script like i have to find why i was excited about the script three months ago again mm. and start o- it's like you have mm-hmm. to start over and the momentum is not like you're not in a momentum place you're kind of in a, a little tired place of yeah. answering all the questions that you really didn't want to answer until you wanted to answer them to yourself in script and i think as in the last few years as people have become less more micromanaging and kind of less trusting of of writers in the process in terms of studios and networks you know and they'll even admit it they're like yes we're asking you uh, an outline question on your story doc and then when you give them your outline they're giving you mm-hmm. script notes on your outline and they'll say mm-hmm. I know this is really for script but 
And so you're solving things one iteration earlier very often than, you're, than you want to be. And you want to be like, look, you have to leave me some room to want to sit down and discover something. <laughs> like, I don't want to know everything. I just don't. I want to go in there and go, oh, this is a yeah. good – like, you know, mm-hmm. today I had like – an idea that wasn't in the outline, and I and it's I was like, oh, that's hey, I'm a writer, you know. <laughs> and then Howard came in and shot it down. <laughs> Howard, Howard walks. Howard, Jesus Christ, that guy's nuts. He just walks into my office when he's. I'm in a different building, but unfortunately, he's developing with so many people that like he's developing a script with Sean Cassidy, who's now two doors from me. A whole nother podcast, but um, a, lo- a lovely guy, like a, a lovely guy, and 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 um, so Howard Gordon will come into the building, and he, my door because I live it open all the time because I can't stand if it's closed. I think I have to write. Um, I see Howard come, and he's going over to Sean Cassidy's, but he can't help but he would just step into my office, and and he did this to me last week. He steps into my office, stares at me, and goes. This better be fucking good. And then he just leaves. Like, he doesn't sit. There's no, as if, like... It'll help. As if it'll help. Oh, now it will be. You know what? He's right. It should be good. It should be good. You're right. I'm done phoning it in. Yeah. Um, I I wondered about this question, and and maybe you can speak to this working on two scripts, Andrew. Um, This, you know, this... It's not really burning out, but it is sort of getting tired of the thing you've been living with for so many months. Um, are, are do you find that's part of your process? Do you tend to get sick of the thing? Well, t- for one thing, development season. I, I ended up pitching four things altogether. So I felt like by the end of by the end of pitching season, I was like, oh well, this I know how to do. Like I can write a pitch really hmm. well and quickly. And then when I started actually writing, I was like, I have no recollection whatsoever <laughs> how to write. Like, how sure. do you start scenes? Where do people, do people walk in? Are they there already? Like, I had no, I had no sense of it. How long had it been since you actually wrote a script? Like last yeah. April, I guess. Like, we would have finished the pilot in April, so or the the finale. So yeah. April to to two weeks ago or three weeks ago, <laughs> um, and. And then the burnout thing, I, I, I totally agree with you that you, that at a certain point – and then because the pitch process is so – or the, the pitching process is so extensive and you have to come up with so much I, – I can't even remember what the – there are certain things where I've had to answer so many questions that I don't even really remember what the point of a beat or a scene is because I'm like, oh, yeah, and we'll cover that. And sure, she can say something about that and we'll explain yeah. that here. And then when you actually write the scene – like today, I was like, "Wait, what? What's the point of this again?" Like, I know I've got to, exp- I know I've got to answer thirty-five questions in the scene, but what's the scene about? Or like, what's the meat of it? Yeah. So, it takes a, you got it's a, it takes a, it's a ramp up. I mean, I, I mean, I really, again, just started writing after I got back from Thanksgiving the week I started, and it took me a week. And again, I have the luxury of it. I, mm-hmm. I'm going to hand it in when I hand it in. I mean, it'll be on time, so I'm not panicked about it. But I, there are definitely a few days where like, wait, what? How, you know, like I had an afternoon where my final draft program was all fucking up and there was, I was so angry and yet part of me was so happy. <laughs> I was like, I, I literally spent all afternoon trying to solve a, a you know, a layout problem but on my laptop when I wasn't even working on my, I had my desktop, but I was just like, this is like writing right. because this eventually needs to be solved if I'm ever going to write on this laptop again. <laughs> So, you know, but I and your second project, 
My super yeah, injection is an opposite. I mean, I can't really speak. I'm, I am, and I use this term. I, 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 so it's not even fair to use the term because people say that you're supervising another writer. I'm not. I'm, I'm a producer with a friend of mine, John August, uh, who's writing a script. And John, you know, is written lots of big movies. He's done a lot of Tim Burton movies. He just did Frankenweenie. I mean, he did Charlie's Angels. He did Big Fish. He's done, you know, everything. And he also uh, runs the Terrific Script Notes podcast. Script Notes podcast, and and he's you know created a number of apps for the <laughs> yes, iPhone, yes. and and he is the op- he is the opposite of me. Like it drives me insane. Like working with him is humbling because he is just. We get on the phone to talk about the project, and I realize this is a guy who has other stuff that he wants to do, rather than talk to me, on the phone. <laughs> so we'll start talking about the project. Uh huh. Okay. Great. Okay. And I'm like, and then, and it's like, okay, well, I'll have it to you tomorrow. Like, and I'm like, oh, we're done. Like, he's actually going to go do this and then go do something else. And, yeah. and so he's incredibly efficient. And, um, but he had an idea for a show. Um, that was a really cool idea that we sold to ABC that I'm not going to uh, pitch with the mm-hmm. ideas. But, um, but it's, it's out there if people Yeah, it's, it's out there, yeah. sort of. It's not completely accurate. But, um, but how but, did you get involved with it in the first place? Did, were you hooked up with him? I've known John for 15 years. We come, oh, no, we have no. the same hometown, and we live on the same street. You know, uh, here, not 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 there. And he just walked down like one day, literally walked down and knocked on my door and introduced himself. So we've been friends forever. And we were having we were having lunch, you know, a few months ago. And I said, look, if you ever want to do TV and you want to, I know you're not going to go run the show. I mean, he's doing Big Fish the Musical yeah. for Broadway right now because <laughs> you know why not do that in your spare time? Um, and you know, if you ever have an idea, let me know. And he said, you know, I have something that. I think you might be, you know, good to run. And, you know, he called me a week later. He's like, you know, you want to talk about that TV thing? And I went, okay. And I went and sat down with him. And he pitched me the entire thing. And at the end, I was like, so you want to do television? Is that what you're telling me? Because you just pitched me an entire TV show. He goes, yeah. Because, you know. Yeah. And and it's a very – he is the opposite. He seems – and again, I, it's he's, he's a completely kind of unruffled guy who does not seem to have a lot of – I mean, he just seems his day is packed with uh, innovation and, and, and dreams <laughs> and fulfilling them. Yeah. You know, I don't really understand, you know. I think how, I'll make an app now. Yeah, I think I'll make an app. Like, and it's just like – I don't know. It just happens. It just – and and it, I complain about Final Draft and he's beta testing like right. some new <laughs> actual solution that he's designed to do that. Um and his scripts are like, and compared, like we're just we're very different kinds of writers and people. And I keep saying that John is like a fresca. It's just like everything's just like, <laughs> and I'm like like a plate juggler drinking a Long Island iced tea. Like that's just like oh 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 is he drunk? Oh that's a knife. Um, but are you spent? Do you have to spend time? Like have you yeah. have your last few weeks? Have you been involved or are you yes, just like? Yes, but I'm but it, but literally yes, I'm involved, but it takes. But he's so – I mean, he's – again, he's an incredibly professional, accomplished guy, and he hands the script. The script is good. I have some thoughts. We have a conversation. The conversation takes only as long as the conversation is supposed to take and not a minute of my of my ability to stretch it out longer. <laughs> and then he turns it around in, you know, 36 hours, and then it's back, and then I wow. got to hand it somewhere. I mean, there's no hmm. – uh, you know – He's yeah. supervising me as a producer. <laughs> he's, he's, he's watching me. You. He's training me. In uh, failing. In failing, yes. And so it's a, it's a, I'm depressed. Maybe he can invent an app to help you. <laughs> Some sort of I don't know what that would be. I, I think but... he's invented three or four apps that are supposed to help me, but I don't know how to install them anywhere. His only failure is not helping you enough. <laughs> True. 
He should yes. step it up. There you I go. think we can all agree John August should step it up. His only failure is he should have he should have worked with Howard Gordon probably. <laughs> not, not me. Make it better. It already is. It already is. He's like, what do you mean it's done? Um, Andrew, I just wanted to follow up. Again, so are you scripting both pilots right now? Are you supposed to be scripting both pilots right now? I'm, I'm scripting one, and then okay. and the other one is was just I was just sent a script last night. Okay, so you don't have to you don't have to do them concurrently. I y- yeah, it's I like mean, it's like Schrodinger's script. Yeah, right. You're like they're both one of them is, but not. right, one of them exists. Yeah. when he's looking at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's what I was going to ask about is you know turning between these two. Uh, how how is that working for you? Because I can't imagine there. Uh, the, what I've heard about the rodeo one is it's a little bit uh, a Friday Night Lights model, mm-hmm. where it's you know that that feel anyway, which I'm all for. Yeah. Um, and I told you we'd talk about Friday Night Lights. Thank God. <laughs> I, I'm yeah that it, the, the, it, they're tonally very different, but right. I'm not that great of a writer to make things so totally different. So it, it's it's different ish. Like, there are horses in both. The people have swords. People have they don't have swords in both. <laughs> no, that's different. But um, I, I, so far, I, I like it because I, I feel like I get frustrated with one thing, and then I love the other one until I get frustrated with that, and then I like I'm I, every day I say I can't wait till I'm doing the other one, mm-hmm. and then when I get to the other one, I'm like, this is the worst. This is by far the worst one. And wait till I get back to the, the happy one. Um, but it's but so I've been I was lucky that one the timing of them are s- such that I was I'm able to kind of really concentrate on focus on one and then I finished that outline and then worked on the other outline mm-hmm. and started the script and then so it's they've been spaced out well except that they're both due in you know two minutes so <laughs> are they for both of you are are the scripts all due before Christmas I don't ask yeah <laughs> you've not really, been told no I really don't yeah. I, I don't ask. Mm-hmm. I, I I assume that's the case, but mm-hmm. I mean, what's the penalty? <laughs> I've never, that's true. They don't really get them into I mean, like January anyway. I've always handed my look. I've always handed my pilots in early. I mean, my pilots have always been in before. I was just having a conversation with someone. Like next week is a very it's Hanukkah, and it's actually causing me a lot of stress because. I have to be home for my kid, you know, at like 5.30 or 6 to do the fucking menorah or Hanukkah, as he now tells me, which is why I should not send <laughs> oh. him to Sunday school. Um, and I'm like, well, that just cuts my day in half because I usually start really writing at about 2. So if I'm going to get home, I have to leave by 4. And I'm like, I might as well just give up. Like, I might as well, I might as well not write. But normally it's because I've, I've been done. Like, I've had my script in pre-Hanukkah. It was always my cutoff. Wow. And Hanukkah's early this year, just in case yeah. you know. You know, it's super early next year. Is it? My parents just told me they run a kosher bakery in Boston. It's super it's, early. It's uh, on Thanksgiving. What? Wow. Yeah. Oh. Well, that's uh, if it if it's over before I start writing the yeah, script. Yeah. That's also <laughs> fine. It'll be fine. I think look, they're doing the next couple of weeks, and they'll get done. You know, what I mean, yeah. it's just it's a it, it, it gets done. I yeah. got an email with a timeline mm-hmm. that I haven't opened, <laughs> and then they said to me, "What do you think about the timeline?" I said, "Honestly, I I, I it would freak me out right now if I look at it. So huh. we'll just keep going along, and you tell me when." I'm screwed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I know, I now, you start becoming aware because, like, your friend, you know, your friend's scripts are in. <laughs> you know, I know a number of scripts right. that are in and getting notes, and I'm in act two. Yeah. And um, <laughs> there'll be a burst at some point. Right. But it's, it's, I, I'm just, 
I'm much more concerned about being about it being good than I am about be, being done. You know, I mean, it'll get done. Sure. It'll not it doesn't guarantee to get good. Yeah, that's that's a great way to look at it. Too. What I'm concerned about, I have to say, in this podcast, <laughs> as I am in many of these, I feel like we're making the writing process for professionals feel very similar to the writing process for non-professionals. And I always think that that's bad for us because it, it encourages people to think they can do this. Right. And they think, oh, look. I can waste a day. I can waste a day. It's fun. I'm, those guys are just like us. I'm going to keep trying. That one guy said he worked 20 minutes. Yeah. 20 minutes. This isn't hard. In fairness, Kickstarter's paying for my salary. So. <laughs> Yeah, the people who are paying your salary really are listening. It's yeah. true. Wow. Yeah, you're in trouble. Um, uh, one quick question uh, before we kind of wrap up here, but uh, Catherine, now that you're going to be looking for another job, yes, uh, do you have to? Do you rely on the old specs? Do you have to create new material when you're going out again? That's a fun question. Um, yeah, I mean, I sort of just went through the. I mean, there'll still be cable stuff, but then there's this wonderful thing that happens when your show doesn't get picked up and other shows do, and now there's five jobs and 500 people looking for them. I I actually prefer staffing season because you just go on so many meetings that mm. you and you have no idea what will get picked up. I mean, I've gone on meetings where it's like this is the show that's getting picked up, and this this person will hire you, and then you wake up the next morning and it's dead. So I I just. <laughs> <laughs> Not that that will happen to either of you. Again. Yeah. <laughs> I think the key is, again, low expectations. You don't want the buzz. I mean, I actually honestly think that's true a little bit. It's the buzz is really to listen to that. It just must be crazy because so I get good at staffing season at shutting that out mm-hmm. to a certain point. Um, yeah, you just kind of go through the meetings. Yeah. And it's nice that they're all clumped together, it's too. It's great. You like, I literally sometimes, you're like, where am I going now? And I, for me, for some people, that's probably awful. For me, that's great because I just have read everything and it's in my head and I don't overthink it. And then I get in there and I can talk about it passionately. So this this <laughs> <laughs> um, this this time of year is I hate, but... You know, whatever. Because you're going on meetings for shows that got picked up. Yeah, that has like one one slot and everyone in town wants it. And also if it's gotten picked up, you know, it's probably going to stick, hopefully. And, you know, so but what I I had a I feel like every year I just try to look at the progress I made and I had meetings this year and I had that. And, you know, and so probably then I'm looking at time off. And so, yes, I have to I have to write something. And Mm -hmm. and it's. I kept hoping I'd get a job to save me from that. I really did. I was like, if I can't fucking get hired, I'm going to have to write this thing. But that I've been talking about for years. I mean, because I have an idea I'm really excited about. I'd like to actually develop it. But I just can't, you know, and I could go out now and try. I just had a conversation with someone today. Like, I could go out now and try to sell it to cable. Mm -hmm. But then I'm probably taking myself out of staffing season because... The just the way the cycles work, and I I like not only do you, at my level you make a lot more money staffing because I ha- I don't have a history of development, but um, I also just love being on staff. I love and I like. I think it does help you making the connections. I mean, I mean, uh, if you're in that world and you've been in that world, the more people know you, and mm-hmm. and the more I think you. You know, unless you have, unless you come, I mean, there's people that come from film, they come from different places, but when you're, what you've been doing is just working in TV for a long time, I I just don't feel like it's right to sort of take myself out of that. So, Mm -hmm. so yeah, it's a very long answer to now I think I actually, 
<laughs> but now Christmas is almost here, oh, so sure. there's so really no there's no point in starting till after that. Exactly. And, yeah. You can go over to Josh and celebrate Hanukkah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. That when does that start? I can, Saturday. I can get so on board. Saturday. That'll take me right to Christmas. I was going to write on Saturday. But... Yeah, screw <laughs> that. You just can't. I can't. Can um, we light the menorah at breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> That's too efficient. That's how John August does. I know. John, <laughs> John August is so efficient that Hanukkah is only four days. Yeah. He's already celebrated. <laughs> he's, no, I know. I, he's, I know. He's not Jewish, but the oil lasted a month. A month. <laughs> I know. It's, we have everyone in our offices except Sean Cassidy, but everyone else who's in our office, in my little suite of offices is, uh, you know, burdened by Hanukkah. And we literally, I was that's just. How, that's was how just, our people put it. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just sitting there with Michael Green. I mean, Michael Green's office is like 20 feet away from me. And we were literally just sitting there talking about what our candle lighting strategy was going to be based on how much writing we had to get done in the next 10 days. And it was just literally like. Well, I mean, you could have a big Hanukkah party, and then just like the rest of the days aren't really that important. But you know, I mean, but I've got an eight-year-old who's literally like thinks he's getting an elephant every fucking night. You know, it's just like, and probably is for all I know. That is hilarious, and this is a panel that my wife and I have been talking about doing: is getting writers and their spouses. Oh my god! To talk about work-life balance and how miserable we are to live with. We'll do that sometime. <laughs> we'll have you back. That would be uh, that would be a great one to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> therapeutic in the way that the staffing season one was. Um, just very quickly, um, and anyone who wants to jump in can first, uh, what did you guys watch this year? What did you guys read this year? What did you guys, uh, movies, television, that knocked you on your asses? Uh, was there anything that you really got excited about and said, that's why I like working in this medium? I, I will totally answer that because I will bring it back to Friday Night Lights, which is that um, I think this season of Parenthood has blown me away. I, I really, I've watched it throughout and I've it's, it's always sort of been like it's just not quite you know it's Friday Night Lights just is one of my favorite shows and I think this season they they um they did a really difficult storyline and they've just it's it's just been awesome and I because uh, like I said I've been going through these meetings and you're trying so hard to get jobs and some of them you're super passionate about and some of them you're less passionate about but you just want the job and I was you know I watched Parenthood every episode this season and I, I I just cry and I'm like I want to write that I want to write that and it scares me that that's not on network television hmm. anymore and it's it's Jason that does it right now so yeah. he's the um, only game he's the only game on network television and and um so that I just we have to figure out a way to make more TV like that and to because it, when it's good it's so compelling it's so amazing yeah. and I I've really enjoyed that this year and if Christina doesn't win a, a goddamn Oscar for that yeah she 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 always used to drive me crazy because she cries in every episode and uh, I think it's Monica, Monica Parker yes. and and it's like she's unbelievable they finally this year. found like now she can cry in every episode and I feel great <laughs> about it um it was yeah it, this this tackling because that she has eye cancer yeah. <laughs> yeah. She does. Buck up a little. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I absolutely agree. It's, I mean, network TV is a. It's hard. I mean, I. One of the reasons that I wish that I had a show on network TV was so that I could bitch about it more, <laughs> because I really feel like every time I've come on one of these things, like I, I mean, I have, you know, I, I find network TV is so in the drama side actually is so incredibly disappointing. Uh, and underwhelming and 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 you want to i'm always want to talk about it but then i feel like it's sort of sour grapes because my shows keep not getting on you know but, and, and but it comes up a lot on yeah, uh, you know among me. a lot of us but, and, and until i picked up parenthood i don't think i watch yeah. any hour long network dramas yeah i watch a few and i don't 
love them, but I, you know, I, you know, I watch Nashville because I really like the music. And oh, I, yeah, I, I thought like it was Nashville. a good pilot, and I like Kelly Curry, and I, you know, I think it's it's, you know, you know, Cotton Britain's really good. But it's becoming it's it's very soapy mm-hmm. now, you know. I mean, it's it's got the ABC kind of thing happening. But I I I've been watching Walking Dead, which I know. I mean, I've always been watching Walking Dead, but I was tolerating Walking Dead for a long time while they were just sitting on the fucking farm for a long <laughs> time, and I was like stuck with it. And this season, I feel very rewarded. Like, yeah. I mean, I, and I and I really don't like scary things or gross things, and I often have to turn away. But I found that they've done some really like it's been a really good season of storytelling like it's and and in you know kind of in the what happens next tell me a story kind of way which is i think the problem with a lot of network tv is that they just like sometimes they get caught up in trying to like really make the subtext and the theme important and i just like just tell me 45 minutes Mm -hmm. of a good story yeah you know and i'll be happy don't Mm -hmm. try to make the a story and the characters fucking c story you know reverberate i don't care you know i just like just entertain me for 45 minutes and they don't and i and i think you know i mean but i think also network half hour is you know there's some funny stuff on network half hour a lot more than there is good drama there's you know Mm -hmm. i watch a lot more comedy that's what i was gonna say i i I watch nashville too but not as enthusiastically as the pilot and then I watch more half hours. I just yeah. they're more it, pound for pound. They're just it's just more entertaining. Mm-hmm. I feel like like you, other than say cable, you know. Yeah, I like I like that. There's no stakes. I will like it, when you watch dramas. It's like we know everyone. We you know it's like oh, that's the show I really want to get on. Or it's just and <laughs> there's something great about watching comedy where it's like I I just it's very hard for me to do that with drama anymore. And with comedy, I don't know any. Or if you know them, you know mm-hmm. them in a different way. You don't know the players. You you know. And I'm not I'm not trying to guess yeah. what. Oh well, they're gonna go this way. The A story. I would have gone that way. You know. It's it's really hard. I think to take off that hat sometimes. And and I do think there's great comedies out there so that's generally what i watch when i and the comedies are more immediate i mean they don't yeah. give you a chance to analyze mm-hmm. them because you're just laughing like that yeah. was, and if you, you if you're trying you'll miss a joke and it's good yeah i don't i, I mean which comedies are you guys watching <laughs> i'm watching i watched new girl mm-hmm. and yeah. and ben and kate and happy endings so the ones we're all watching. Modern Family. Yeah. Yeah. Modern I will, Family. I, 30 Rock will 30. forever 30 Rock. be my... Parks and Rec. But, but I think, I mean, New Girl, which is, has, there are some really funny, th- there's some really funny writing and really funny performances mm-hmm. on that show. Like mm-hmm. very specific, funny like stuff that you just like, and daring sometimes. Like mm-hmm. stuff you're like, oh, yeah, yeah you're going to put that, oh, you're going to say that. <laughs> like, it makes me happy. You know, I mean, it just, it does. It's nice to laugh. And mm-hmm. the thing is, the dramas don't do whatever the equivalent of laughing is in drama, mm-hmm. which maybe is crime, which is parenthood. Yeah. But like, but but for, you know, it doesn't. Drama doesn't actually accomplish the same things, you know, or, or on network that, you know, the half hours do. Or yeah. not although, although I would say that your your pal Howard, there are moments in 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 uh, whatever that show's Homer. called. Yeah, <laughs> there there are moments this season where I'm at I'm as excited like I cable. Think in, Cable, yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah. not not nothing from your network. But I think the, the equivalent drama equivalent is they'll do turns and choices yeah. that you go, oh, yeah, which is how I feel in New Girl when I'm like, how did they just make that funnier? That that excitement yeah. is similar. I, I had um, 
I managed to co-opt Howard coming into the office, not yelling at me yesterday. And I said, I would like to talk to you. And he, he just came in and said, like, what is it? What do we need to talk about? Do we need to talk? Is the first act is too long? Is so the we, script not good? Is the script not good? Is it, is it, it's a problem, isn't it? What do you, I, I have an idea. It's not really fully formed, but I'll figure it out. I'm like, I've already written that part. Just shut up. And I said, I just want to talk to you about Homeland. And I said, I don't want to talk to you. I've been very careful. Like, I'm like, you're not allowed to spoil anything for me. Awesome. Um, but I... You know, I read a lot of, you know, like the critics, you know, like I read all the blog stuff about it and stuff like that. And I just said, I just want to talk to you about like storytelling rhythm and amount of plots that you're doing. And I said, because it feels very specific and very on purpose in many ways in terms of like the amount of story that you guys are just ripping through and how you've conceived of these seasons. And I just, I can, it's actually one of the, my favorite parts of my job is that I can hijack 15 minutes every other day or something like <laughs> that when I, and, and talk to him about story just on like what are they trying to accomplish and not get into the spoiler stuff but because they're doing you know and again some people don't like some you know parts of season two or do and it's not you know it's not season one or whatever mm -hmm. but um that is a, like a great choice to be able to actually pick his brain and and, and know that he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Like, I don't know. I can't write. I don't know. I just, he's like he's just like he's I got Hanukkah, you know, and two Emmys and Hanukkah. You know, his menorah is actually made of Emmys, Seven which is what's amazing. Yeah, so he just put them all on the top. Hilarious. Um, well, thank you guys so much uh, for taking this time. Uh, I know you are all very busy and hate to be pulled away from your computers. Uh, so thank you. Um, and uh, we'll see you next year. See you next uh, year. Thank you. you. Unless you have one you want to do tomorrow for four hours. <laughs> <laughs> I know a few of us are available. Now leaving Nerdist.com.